Mission Street. This is Tobilbot.com, The Week in Georgia, in English, coming to you from San Francisco's Mission District, home of Carlos Santana. Today is Thursday, the 25th of April, 2019. There are 312 days remaining until Hispanacoba, 2020. On this date, in 775, the Battle of the Bagrevand is fought between rebellious Armenian princes and the Abbasid Caliphate. Princes Sambat VII, Bagratuni, and Musheg VI, Mamikonian, and large-scale migration of Armenians to the Byzantine Emperor uh, begins. 1792, French highwayman Nicolas Jacques Pelletier is the first person to be executed by guillotine on charges of robbery and murder. The attendant public found the execution too fast and not entertaining enough. 1804, King Solomon II of Imadeti, the last reigning king of Georgia, is forced to accept Russian vassalage with the convention of Elaz Nauri six years before Russian annexation. 1920, the Allied Supreme Council adopts the San Remo Resolution, creating the British mandates in Palestine and Iraq and the French mandate in Syria and contemporary Lebanon. Britain and France also signed the San Remo Oil Agreement, with 75% of Iraq's oil going to Britain, the remaining quarter to France. 1928, White Army Commanding General Peter Wrangel dies in exile in Brussels, possibly after being poisoned by a Soviet agent. He led the Caucasus Volunteer Army and established relationships with the independent republics of Ukraine and Georgia as commander-in-chief of the White Forces in Crimea. 1943, Shemoy Medi, Gudia Ukrainian-Armenian Soviet theater director and writer Vladimir Ivanovich Nemonovich Donchenko dies of a heart attack in Moscow. 1945, Soviet-American troops meet at the Elbe River in Germany, effectively dividing the country uh, into two, and an important step on the path to ending the Second World War in Europe. I'm your host, Mark Mullen. If you'd like to comment on the form or ask a question, go to tabilpod.com or send us an email at tabilpod at gmail.com. 37 police officers and 15 civilians were injured in a clash in the Pankisi Gorge on the 21st. Local residents were protesting the Kodori 3 hydropower plant project when riot police were sent in ostensibly to protect the construction workers on the project. <laughs> Previous protests halted construction in June 2018, but resumption of work was announced on the 18th. Protesters threw stones at police who responded with tear gas and rubber bullets. Uh, construction machi machinery was burned and several police cars were damaged. Interior Minister Georgi Gaharia visited the scene and said that they would halt construction again and only resume if 90% of the local population supported the project. Yeah. But that police presence would be increased in the area and those responsible for injuring the police would be held accountable. Protest leaders say that approximately 97 or 98% of the population opposes the project over concerns about the future availability of drinking and irrigation water and that they will not permit the dam to be built. The government responded mostly by talking about the importance of energy independence for Georgia's future and that Pankisi residents have been involved in the process and basically that they shouldn't have been surprised or reacted this way. I doubt that they've been involved. Opposition politicians mostly responded by attacking Otsneba and Otsneba Chairman B.D. Ivanishvili who they say has personal business interests in the project. Certainly Tbilisi Mayor and former Energy Minister Kaji Kaladze, who's being very, very excited about energy independence, 
um, considering that he cut a deal with uh, Russian Energy and some uh, super murky deals for uh, Russian gas. As we reported last week, two sisters from Saudi Arabia, Maha and Wafa al-Subaye, took to Twitter last week under the handle at Georgia Sisters to beg for help escaping Saudi Arabia and the long arms of their abusive family. They've been hiding out in Tbilisi for three weeks after stealing their father's phone to give themselves permission to leave Saudi Arabia using a woman tracking app available on both Apple and Google platforms. Um, under the Guardian system there, women are not permitted to make these choices on their own. Another woman tried the same route in 2018 but disappeared from Tbilisi two days before her French visa was scheduled to arrive. Georgia's visa-free regime in Saudi Arabia makes it easy for women to come here, but it also makes it, unfortunately, easy for people they are fleeing to follow them. Georgian police say that they visited the sisters to discuss asylum claims and to provide a security guarantee, but past cases like that of the the, uh, Azerbaijani journalist Afghan Mukhtarli, who Georgian authorities kidnapped and delivered to Azerbaijan, have made some distrustful of the police. On the 19th, following two days of discussion, Parliament endorsed Otsneba's controversial bill amending section of the law of Georgia on common courts related to Supreme Court justice and High Council of Justice appointments in the bill's second hearing. The Council of Europe's Venice Commission shared their opinion upon request of the parliamentary speaker, Irakli Kobachidze. The commission noted that trust in the High Council of Justice is extremely low right now and recommended several changes that justices be given lifetime appointments that currently only the number of judges needed for the court to be functional should be appointed with the remainder appointed following the next parliamentary elections. That age and experience requirements are too low. The eligibility requirements for non-judge members of the council are too high. That secret ballots for selection are too difficult and should be abolished. That the chief justice position should be shorter than 10 years, the current length. And finally, the council members wishing to obtain seats in the council uh, on the Supreme Court should not be involved in the nomination and selection process at any point. And Otsneba representative said that the bill fully complies with the Council of Europe recommendations and that Otsneba has com- compromised by incorporating some of the commission's recommendations, which is a weird way to look at it, that they've compromised by adding recommendations. Anyway, by removing a qualified exam um, requirement and prohibiting current members of the High Council for competing for seats on the Supreme Council from questioning or assessing other potential candidates, which were ridiculous and shouldn't have been there in the first place anyway. United National Movement and European George MPs criticized Otsneva for saying that they had incorporated Venice Commission's recommendations without making substantive changes to the draft. Public defender Nino Lomjaria said that the whole process had been carried out hastily and that it was good that Otsneva shared the commission recommendations, but that there are amendments needed for further clarification. She hopes further changes will be made before the bill is signed into law. Independent Member of Parliament Eka Baselia's bill on courts failed to pass the Legal Issues Committee on the 11th. Prime Minister Bakhtadze fired Economy and Sustainable Development Minister Giori Kobulia and replaced him with Deputy Economy Minister Natia Turnava. Turnava served as Deputy Economy Minister from 2000-2005 and was a board member of the Georgian Industrial Group from 2006-13 to before serving as Deputy CEO of the Partnership Fund from 2013-2018. to Kobulia joined Bakhtadze's government in July 2018, but apparently there have been rumors about his impending departure for a while. Bakhtadze said that they 
parted on good terms, but that the ministry needs quick decisions that serve the interests of our society and our entrepreneurs. He added that there are no further plans to fire ministers, assuming that they all continue to keep up the pace necessary to deliver changes the government has promised. Natia Turunava is one of the very few people who has served in some capacity under Shevardnadze, Misha, and Bitsina. Lasha Zhvania, chief president, uh, chief of President Salome Zurabashvili's administration, stepped down on the 19th to return to running the charity foundation of the Georgian Orthodox Church in order to, and I quote, continue my work with my sweet and wise patriarch. Lasha Zhvania, the chief of president, uh, sorry, uh, Foreign Minister David Zalkaliani visited Portugal on the 21st and 22nd, meeting with Prime Minister Augusto Santos Silva and Executive Secretary of the Community of Portuguese uh, Language Countries. President of Cyprus, Nicolas Anastadis, visited Georgia on the 16th and 18th, the first ever visit of a Cypriot leader to the country. He met with President Zurabashvili, Prime Minister Bakhtadze, Parliamentary Speaker Kobahidze, and Patriarch Ilya II, and attended the Georgian Cyprus the Georgia Cyprus Business Forum. Permanent representative of the United Nations of the Dominican Republic, Estuatini, Finland, Marshall Islands, Federal States of Micronesia, and Senegal visited Georgia from the 14th through the 21st, meeting with Zurabashvili Bakhtadze, foreign ministers, Lasha Darsalia, and visiting the village of Khurveleti on the South Ossetian occupation line. On the 11th, Parliament's Human Rights and Civil Integration Committee discussed amendments to the Labor Code that would address sexual harassment at the workplace, define sexual harassment, and create some form of sanctions to respond to it. Parliamentary Speaker Kobachidze proposed naming the chamber in Parliament for plenary sessions after Zviad Gamzahordia. By the way, on an unrelated matter, don't forget that the mayor's elections in Zubidi are coming up. Member of Parliament Gigi Zedatelli President of the OSCE Parliamentary Assembly, Assembly led the OSCE observation mission of Ukraine's presidential runoffs on the 21st. Former Prime Minister Zurajvanya was commemorated with a plaque inscribed with the sentence, I am Georgian, therefore I am European, in front of the Council of Europe headquarters in Strasbourg. Russian Abkhazian military exercises begin in Sukhumi on the 23rd and are expected to last for a week. They include over 3,000 troops. Georgian officials condemn the exercise as signs of increasing militarization of Abkhazia and Russian policy of force in the occupied regions. Georgian government has begun a new university preparation program for students from Abkhazia and South Ossetia interested in studying at Georgian universities. Students will attend a year-long prep course in either Tbilisi or Zubdidi before taking a Georgian language test and a department-dependent subject test in order to be admitted. In addition to free tuition, participants will receive housing and monthly stipends of 150 lati. 142 participants are currently registered, 140 from the ethnically Georgian Gali region of Abkhazia, two from Akhalgori and South Ossetia. Somewhat similar program already exists for ethnic minority students in Georgia, where Azerbaijani and Armenian-speaking students take a year of Georgian to prepare for university. The family of Ia Kerzaya, the Zugdidi school teacher who died, sorry, school director who died right before the presidential elections after allegedly being pressured to join Osneba, is concerned about the quality of the investigation into her death. Her son says that no high-level officials, such as Education Minister uh, Batiashvili, 
or the heads of the Audit Department, Inspection Service of the Education Ministry, and the Director of Educational Center in Zubdidi have been questioned, that those, that those lower-level witnesses were interviewed only in April, months after Kerzai's death. He then claims that the Ministry of Healthcare, the National Forensics Bureau, the government officials and chief prosecutor's office are acting in concert to fabricate the case and hinder the investigation. Reporters Without Borders World Press Freedom Index in 2019 shows that press freedom in Georgia declined slightly from 2018 to 2017. 2018, Georgia scored 28.98 points on a 0 to 100 scale, with 100 representing the least amount of freedom. Armenia received the same score. Despite the decrease in freedom, Georgia's ranking relative to 179 other countries increased from 61 to 60. In their assessment, the organization called the media pluralist, but still very polarized, mentioned issues related to owners controlling editorial content and ownership conflicts over Rustavioti threats, but minimal violence against journalists and apparently a Georgian state-sanctioned kidnapping of Azerbaijani journalist Afghan Mukhtarli in 2017. The Ajara TV Board of Advisors fired director Natia Kapanadze on the 19th, as we discussed last week, after two members accused her of mismanagement of public funds, neglecting program priority shortcomings in organizational and human resources management, and, close, and closing highly rated programs. <laughs> I should look at the public broadcaster. The one dissenting board member called it an orchestrated attack and noted that Kapanadze was not warned of any problems or given the chance to improve the situation before impeachment proceedings were begun. Local NGOs, including the hardest working NGO in the South Caucasus, Transparency International Georgia, criticized the move, saying that it seemed to show political interference, possible political interference in the channel. In other Ajata TV news, 13 other cameramen went on strike on the 19th asking for raises. Anti-corruption researcher and lawyer Lamarck Campbell, who formerly worked for Transparency International Georgia and was then the founder of Transparency International Bahamas, visited Georgia last week with 18 other international anti-corruption scholars and practitioners to learn about Georgia's good governance reform progress. Stuff to read, the New York Times wrote about, uh, and this is like about a week ago, a very long but extremely interesting article about a low-level Russian assassin in Ukraine who apparently was assigned to kill six Ukrainian men for the Russian government, all of whom were apparently connected in some way to the 2008 Russian invasion of Georgia. Ukraine had secretly sold sophisticated anti-aircraft weapons to Georgia several years before the war, which allowed them to defend themselves against Russian air attacks surprisingly well and embarrassingly well from the Russian intelligence perspective. Russian officials didn't believe that Georgian soldiers could successfully operate the systems and think that Ukrainians not only sold the weapons, but assisted during the conflict. Russian government seems to have decided that these six men were culpable in some way in hopes to punishment, punish them for their treachery. Daily Beast wrote an in-depth article on the Saudi sisters attempting to flee their family via Georgia, providing looks at other similar cases and backgrounds on the situation. The Rondelli Foundation released an expert opinion on what will the marijuana economy give to Georgia, examining a withdrawn government proposal to produce uh, and export marijuana as an agricultural product, basing their analysis on marijuana cultivation in other countries, mainly in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. They conclude that legalized production and export would have positive benefits for the economy, but with limits due to the lack of countries to export marijuana to. 
With the current tax system, which favors exported agricultural goods, marijuana would not add a lot to the national budget. It would add a few jobs, help Georgia's trade deficit slightly, produce a minor stabilizing effect on the currency. Finally, the authors have doubts about the enforcement capabilities of government and anticipate greater amounts of marijuana on the local black market. The Tbilnomics blog wrote an article called The Unbearable Lightness of Doing Business in Georgia, saying that while it's extremely easy to do business in Georgia, the legal system is too slow and cumbersome to swiftly and effectively punish irresponsible behavior by Georgian companies. They look at the struggles of a couple who bought a beautiful Batumi apartment only to have the panoramic windows blow out of the building a few months later, crushing a BMW on the street 18 floors below. The couple went to the building owners, city hall and courts to try and get a new window and money back for related expenses. Despite months of contacting officials and promising to help, nothing ever happened. The blog suggested an easy solution to this type of problem, the creation of a small claims court system, and also that there is a large problem in the way that institutions such as the World Bank assess ease of doing business. Vice published an article on how to make Khajapuri the magical Georgian dish that tastes like breakfast pizza, whatever breakfast pizza is. They claim that their version has more cheese than the classic Khajapuri, which is doubtful, but still looks delicious. All this stuff to read is posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is 361, the number of bird species found in Georgia. 11 of them are rare or accidental. On the second, a new bar, Budka Bar, is opening in Tbilisi. They will be serving, that's B-U-D-K-A. They'll be serving Uzbek Plov, Georgian wine, showcasing experimental music from a label based in Siberia, starting at 7 p.m. Come say goodbye to the writer for the last year and a half of Tbilpod. She will be in shades, drinking chacha, and smoking beer bellies in the corner. The Kolga Tbilisi Photo Festival begins on the 3rd and runs through the 11th with exhibitions and events all over the city. Some highlights, the Tbilisi History Museum will host an exhibition of unpublished Soviet photographer Vigen Vartanov, who created experimental assemblages in a distinctively unsocialist, realist style. On the 5th at 3 p.m., photographer Nanuka Zalashvili will present her photos of Georgian bus stops in the yard at Fabrika. That will be a really, really great show. They're incredibly beautiful and interesting photographs. On the 4th and 5th at Fabrika, uh, they'll be hosting an event called Market TBS uh, with products by young designers and artists for sale accompanied by music from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. The 4th is Global Big Day, a day when people from all over the world watch birds wherever they can and submit data to the website eBird exclamation mark for science. Sabuko in Tbilisi is encouraging people to look for birds in their yards and in parks, and everyone should, even if it's only for 10 minutes. On the 4th, Tbilisi, on the 4th, Tbilisi's Rije Park will host a Euro Village in honor of Europe Day. Beginning at noon, there'll be music, European food, games, Georgian and European theatrical performances. For our New York listeners, Ensemble Adile and the Chamagaliani sisters will be in New York on the 26th in concert at the Cooney Graduate Center at 7 p.m. and on the 27th hosting a workshop at the Jalopy Theater and School of Music at 4 p.m. For our British listeners, the British Georgian Society and the Royal Botanical Gardens Wakehurst are hosting a guided visit of their seed bank, Caucasus-related plants and plants and plans for a Caucasus nut and fruit forest. The walk will begin at the entrance of the garden on the 3rd of May at 2 p.m. Register at info at britishgeorgiansociety.org.
That's it for this week. My Twitter address is at T-X-T-B-U-K. Our email is tobeelpod at gmail.com or post to the form on our website, www.tobeelpod.com. And we will finish with, from Virginia and North Carolina, in honor of the Tobeelpod scribe of the last year and a half who's heading off into the sunset for more glamorous things, this is 1997, Missy Elliott and The Rain. I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly. It's my window. When the rain hits my window, I take it. Me, some. Me and Timberland, we sing a jingle. We so tight that you get our styles tangled. Sway your dosi dough like you loco. Can we get kicked night like Coco? So so. You wanna play with my yo yo? I smoke my on the D